Fester's Quest. It's just a kidnapping of an entire city by an alien UFO. Will Fester sit still for this? <laughs> Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. You know, going by the back of the box, they seem to be aware of the lunacy that is Fester's Quest. I mean, I I was expecting lunacy from Adam's family, but this is just not the kind of lunacy that (laughs) I expected. It's it's just that the back of the the box to me just doesn't... I don't get it. Does it does, Fest, does Uncle Fester sit still a lot, or like what? What is the sit still thing? Am I missing something really obvious? It, I actually don't know too much about Adam's family. Like I, I mean, I, I, I imagine I watched some of it as a kid, but I don't know any of the the deep lore. Me neither. I'd love to find out that he's a character that's like you know usually in a wheelchair, and then in this game he finally <laughs> gets up out of the wheelchair and walks everywhere. But I don't think that's true. I don't know what the sit still line is for, but the rest of it kind of makes sense because that you know it's it's just a kidnapping, right, of an entire city by aliens. Like, all right, cool. Like, I think they I think they're aware of what they've set out to do, and you know if if nothing else, the experience of the start of this game where the story is communicated to you. You don't have to read the back of the box of the manual. They actually have, uh, before you ever press start, uh, cutscenes that show all this to you. That, for me, was enough of a selling point that I was like, all right, I'm I'm ready for weird. Yeah. And, um, again, I, I, I just, I think it's a missed opportunity to make it, like, alien invasion weird, because the whole series is sort of based off of this macabre, like... Uh, uh, just sort of Victorian horror thing, but sure, I'm I'm ready for weird. <laughs> yeah, and you know we thought Scrooge, uh, Scrooge McDuck was weird last week. Uh, you know now getting a whole game where you can only ever play as one particular member of the Adams family and choosing it to be Uncle Fester as just the very first Adams family video game ever made. <laughs> Just feels like a bizarre decision. I can understand if they're like planning a Adams Family video game universe where you'll be able to play like each one has their own game, and this is just the first in the line with Fester's Quest. But this is this is pretty much it as far as um, where where Adams Family games go. That factoid actually surprises me because usually there's some obscure Atari Twenty Six Hundred that uh, game that's happened before uh, these. So uh, wow. I'm amazed we're actually finally seeing the first of something. Yeah, my my question for you guys, which it sounds like you guys also are not like big uh, Adams Family fans, so maybe you won't know the answer either. But like, is Uncle Fester like normally like some badass like gunslinging like character? Like, it just I don't know from not knowing anything about the Adams Family. My guess is this does not represent Uncle Fester in the way most people see him in the show. I could be totally wrong there. Uh, is his gun usually depicted as like a megaphone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's like a weird <laughs> horn looking thing. It's not really like a revolver. Or anything. I mean, it's like a cartoon uh, blasted back. Uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like an alien thing. gun. Uh, oh, okay. I, I wasn't thinking 
uh, alien gun. I was just thinking like maybe a 1700s gun or something. <laughs> yeah, like one of those. Like, I was thinking like a bugle. Yeah, <laughs> He's just sure. got a trumpet. Well, you could start at a lot of different places when you want to talk about this game. Uh, I did want to just mention that on top of the whole like cinematic experience of the cutscene at the top of the uh, uh, when the game starts, there is something really strange about the sudden juxtaposition right after that with the Fester's Quest title screen looking like something that one of the children of the developers at Sunsoft had <laughs> had just decided to make. It's it's all crazy colors. It's not really like a, uh, you know, a design. It's not even themed, really like yeah. It's not themed it for. Yeah. Theme for a pinata or something like a, a party, you know. Um, here we have uh, the Adam's family music. Yeah, we have uh, the Adam's family music playing though, and I guess that lets you know that at least they got the intellectual property rights to make this game. <laughs> no, they just bought Fester. <laughs> but see, I- I'm gonna just get this theory out of the way right now. Were we pretty certain this was created as some other game, and then they just slapped Adam's family skin on it? Oh, I mean that's that was my my it almost seems more than likely, but because yeah. it seems like it was going for this like very like badass kind of even like the music in the regular game it just does not sound like it it's trying to you know invoke <laughs> Adam's family. No, you're probably right. I I kind of agree with this this uh, this baseless assessment. <laughs> yeah, well, good. That's most of my assessments are baseless anyway. <laughs> glad i get something out of it. and i don't know if, if mike if you know this but they did something similar with doki doki panic uh because that's what super mario brothers 2 is i've heard that urban legend uh, once or twice in my life but uh thank you for confirming that they did do that no problem i just like brothers to just keep you up on that <laughs> yeah now here's the here's the thing about fester's quest though i don't see anything that says that this is a doki doki panic situation and keep in mind sunsoft made uh you know blaster master which is a uh you know a game that it sounds like it's weird that I'm bringing that up, but like a lot of the portions of Fester's Quest, like n- certainly not the 3D aspects, but like this top-down thing is very similar to Blaster Master's format of when you get out of the you know the the vehicle and then start going in the uh, in the top-down levels. I feel like this is this is similar to that in some regards. So they basically just had an engine and probably acquired a license and said, eh, well, we already." already know what we can do so let's just make that but with the adams family now how do we do that yeah that would make sense too so fester's quest is a run and gun adventure game adventure being kind of uh nice to the whole idea of (laughs) the you know the quest that you go on here but uh basically as i mentioned the entire city has been abducted by aliens and now only uncle fester uh can traverse through the neighborhood try to track down uh basically the monsters that have somehow found their way onto the land to reveal pieces to the puzzle that will get him to the aliens UFO ship and he'll be able to take them down and free (laughs) uh, the entire city. That sounds pretty epic in scale. I'm I'm sure we all know after playing this game for a little bit that you're mostly being reduced to exploring the neighborhood, exploring the sewers and exploring the buildings, uh, which is like the 3d aspect of this. Rather than talk about what you do in this game, I want to start with Fester himself here. You know, this is this is the character you're going to be playing as throughout the entirety of the game. He's this balding old man, not something I feel like kids would feel. You know, it's like cool to be Donatello or, or Leonardo. <laughs> it's not cool to be Uncle Fester. So what does it feel like to control Uncle Fester here? Feeble Fester, if you will. I mean, he's 
he he controls relatively normally um but for the most part if he hasn't been licked by an enemy uh in in which case he feels like uh, an like a personification of frustration um but in general if you have not been licked if fester has not <laughs> been licked um he feels normal enough he's he's slow but like it's tight yeah, I agree. As far as like literally the controls of, of like how he moves and, and, and the inputs, it's perfectly fine. It it doesn't mean that there aren't other problems with the way the game the way that the that the uh your inputs interact with the environment and stuff, but as far as actual walking, feels great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, when you shoot when you when you press the shoot button, he shoots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a in in a straight line at first. Yeah. Which is which, which is important. Which is intuitive. Yeah, it's intuitive. <laughs> So I called him Feeble Fester because I don't know how you guys felt, but the the version of him that we start the game off with, right? The base character. If this was an RPG, he would be like level negative seven. Uh, there's it, it, He's so powerless at the beginning of this game compared to the enemies around him. The very first enemy in the game, the Goomba of this game, if you will, is is something that takes like seven hits to kill. And for me, I'm just wondering why even start the game on that kind of on that kind of scale. You know, it doesn't bode well when a game's primary strategy at the very beginning is grinding enemies senselessly to collect all the power-ups that you possibly can to be strong enough to then make it through the rest of the game. When the start of the game is grinding, it's like imagine if Dragon Warrior started and the slimes that you fight right outside the city are incredibly uh, tough encounters where it's like every single time it's like, oh, you just made that out by the skin of your teeth. You got to go back to the city and heal now and, and then go back out there and fight another one for just two experience points. That's kind of what it felt like for me at the beginning of Fester's Quest here. Well, it doesn't just stop there. It's like, and we've had games that start off like really rough, but then after a while you start to get used to it or, or the problem starts to subside because you've grown into... Uh, you've grown into some power yourself. Um, but no, this entire game it has has enemies that will always just take forever for one reason or another. Yeah, and it gave me, especially that, that happening with that first enemy. I, mean, I don't know if the Goomba of this game that you're talking about, Mike, is that weird, like that weird, like spiky ball thing that just literally doesn't move. But that, first of all, should not be anything it's not an enemy it doesn't attack you you just have to shoot it to get power-ups a bunch of times but then second of all you run into shortly thereafter one tiny enemy that moves a little bit and because it moves and you take 40 hits to kill it 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 it, it gives me the immediate first impression of like the first impression of this game is the grind that usually comes much later in a game like this tediousness so like it starts off in my opinion on the wrong foot yeah, I feel like just make Fester stronger or the enemies weaker, right? I, you don't have to make Fester this ultimate powerful thing if you want to build up, you know, the idea that over time your gun will get stronger and you'll acquire this whip. And don't worry about the light bulbs. Like, there'll be things that you find rather than just hopefully they randomly spawn from the enemies that you that you kill. I, instead, they, they could have just made the enemies just weaker altogether at the start of this game. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that they should have been one-hit kills, but it is absurd how much it takes, especially when you have to start this game grinding for hoping that you get keys or hoping that you get light bulbs so that you can progress throughout this this game. I was even just watching a Let's Play of this game. And funny enough, Let's Plays, for those of you that don't know, I, I feel like 
they're they are frame perfect a lot of the times like there are somebody who's just putting the inputs in and getting the game to go through it's not somebody's like play actual playthrough of the those games you never really see anybody die in a in a um in a I mean, long depends, play but yeah i know what you mean most of the time it it's a perfect run right in those world of long plays uh videos you know obviously like if it's a person with a personality they you know they're, <laughs> they're they'll, they'll you know what i mean though it's like the world of long plays ones are just the actual raw gameplay footage and it feels like they're programmed to do exactly what you'd have to do to show the full game from beginning to end this one had like an extra little slice of comedy at the start where the the, the fester goes out there and immediately dies like they make a point to show you that like this game can end very quickly if you're not paying attention and then they show you the full run without fester ever taking another hit in the game and i thought that was a very cheeky of world of long plays to go and do that uh start the game with the game over and yeah that was sort of my experience i i I died pretty quickly and then because i i usually because i do have the the ability to do turbo and but usually I won't do it but then I read in the manual that they're like you might want to use your turbo controller and and now I think that this is this game was designed around the use of one uh, because that like otherwise like I did just die immediately because I, I, my my fingers were were getting numb from the amount of just like over and over tapping the A button to or the B button I don't remember what button I was pressing to shoot. Um, but so like you you do need that or you will have some trouble uh, more trouble than you normally would. Yeah, and it's totally a valid strategy by the way if you do want to beat this game to just grind it out in the very first part of the neighborhood. The things that y- the enemies drop don't become any different later on. So theoretically, you could walk out uh before you ever go into another building, you could have the most powerful gun, you could have 30 uh light bulbs and all that. Like everything's going to you know, everything could be available to you right from the beginning of the game. Now you just have to figure out where to go and what to do. I I feel like it's kind of obvious based on the path that they developed for the neighborhood. I'm not, uh, I question the HOA society that the Adams family participates in because the layout of the neighborhood is very strange and it does lead in like a sort of maze that pushes you <laughs> in the directions that the game wants you to go in. But for the most part, figuring out what to do uh, and where to go wasn't really like a, um, I don't know, it didn't feel like an adventure. That was kind of what I was saying earlier when I was describing this as a running gun adventure game. The adventure part, I certainly get on, you know, because you're going on a quest, but it's mostly just laid out in front of you. There aren't really like any... I mean, it feels you know, relatively open. Like, the the roads are wide. There are, like, alter- not alternate pathways, but there are many dead ends that could make it feel more open. So I, I get that. I, it wasn't obvious to me. Huh. Okay. I guess I, I, I didn't feel like, I'm not saying like, oh, you didn't get it. Uh, I guess what I mean is, is like, it's not a, it's not the open style game that we're used to where like every house, right. Is like, oh, well, which one do I want to go into? Like, which one do I want to uh, get information from? It's like, you're going in the path and it's like, all right, this is the house that's in front of me. So, I have the key, I'll use it, and then I'll talk to Wednesday or, you know, uh, somebody else from the Adams family. Because apparently they live in other people's houses now. <laughs> they don't They don't live at the Adams family residence. They, they've moved to everybody else's houses. But there's no, there's no actual, like, you know, layout of the neighborhood that makes it all that interesting. You're, you're connected by sewers that you get in, that you go into, and then they just transport you to new 
areas of the same neighborhood. It's not like something unlocks later. I mean, I guess also just in terms of level design, if it was just a regular a regularly um, designed roadway uh, where there, you, you could just go to anyone's house by walking down the street, it would be a little uh, a little boring, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the layout is is all about the you know the game design and and you know the reason why cities based on real cities and video games are never actually laid out like the real cities, except for like in Spider Man. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I, I see. I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's not like what we're, what we're. It's not like an RPG kind of thing that we're used to. Where it was something like, um, even with something like um, Vaxanadu, where you, you know it's not like quite that open in that sense. But it didn't feel to me like like it was totally on rails either. You know, it felt like, um, you know, it felt like there was some some decent exploration to do. And I think in that exploration, I, I will say I think that the presentation of this game aesthetically is is really really good too so that kind of made it a little more palatable to to kind of explore around yeah i agree so then let's talk about maybe you know what we thought not necessarily what a strategy guide would want you to do but just figuring out like the lay of the land and and what you guys wanted to do to beat the game and such uh not that we had to beat the game what what was the first steps that you did did you grind at the beginning to try to get more powerful did you um did you not know how to get in the buildings because you need keys for those? Did you go into the sewer in the dark? Let's hear about it. I I did um basically all those things. Uh well not not I did not do the grinding because I did not know I had to grind. Uh I knew that there were things that were dropped and I could collect them, but grinding is probably the last thing ever on my mind in any game. Uh so I I would never choose to do that. <laughs> um but uh, yes, I did walk through the sewer in the dark because I did not know how to use items. I didn't realize that, like, you, you kind of just select something in the submenu and then you use a button in the actual, like, overworld to use it until I got to, um, the first, like, 3D maze building. And I think I got, like, a bug because the first time I tried to do that, I used the key and it, like, threw me to the start screen. Oh, and like, was I not supposed to do that? Was I, did I like to think that I pressed the reset button and that, that did not, that, that did not make me feel good. Um, but then like, you know what I did, maybe I did something differently or I, uh, or, or the game did not bug out and I actually was able to get into it. But yes, I walked through the, the sewer in the dark and just sort of like shot at shadows, which was very difficult because I had a gun that shot in loop-de-loops that apparently if you run into a wall, it stops. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, it was it was bizarre, uh, to say the least. Yeah, I, I did a lot of the same things too. I mean, I kind of just explored at first just to see what was going on. And, and, and once I figured out like how the grinding worked i did grind a little bit and i'll say the the act of grinding itself in this game is not as bad as a lot of other games just because it's it's just so many of these enemies drop these these pickups and you you pick up one item and you're like you're basically you've you've basically leveled up you know your your gun is has leveled up your whip has leveled up um so it's not like it doesn't take a ton of grinding i'll say that i don't really i don't really understand necessarily the logic of which weapons 
like the order of which the weapons go. Like supposedly this one's better than that one, but sometimes they're like. Sometimes it almost feels like a disadvantage to get the next weapon. Oh, yeah, with and, the patterns. Yeah, yeah. Because what it is is like like they they get more powerful. It seems like each each shot gets more powerful. But yeah, they they shoot and they fire in different patterns. And in some of those patterns, you they it means that you can't aim directly in front of you because like the the thing goes in like a squiggle and it'll go right around what you're shooting at and you gotta like move. It's it's like counterintuitive in that sense. So like that's weird. But yeah, grinding was a big thing that I started doing, trying to gather a bunch of weapons and then really. Like I, I'll admit, like I never really had like an overall goal. Like this is what I have to do next. It was always just like wander. Oh, I got this key. I'll I'll try this thing. Now I can go in here, and I have a light bulb. So let's see what's over here. And I just kept going. I you know I found a couple of, I found one thing of extra health. Like you know I got some, I got some items from different members of the Adams family and stuff. But I was, I'll admit that I was a little aimless on my on my personal quest. I think wandering was a good description there, Sean, because that that is. The game, at its, like, most pure, when you don't know how um, formulaic it is of just, like, get the keys that hopefully the enemies drop. Whenever you see a house, use the key to unlock to get an Adam's family member to give you some important item that you'll need later. Or, or not necessarily too important, but just helpful items. And then, you know, go to the sewer, and that just takes you to the next area. If you are, like, you playing this game with a strategy guide... I could find that like reducing the amount of time that you actually do wind up playing the game because of it just revealing stuff to you. I do feel like at the very least Fester is on a quest, which is better than what Castle Quest was proposing. <laughs> no castle went on a quest in that game. Fester does feel like he is on a mission. Why he was chosen for it? I don't know why the rest of the Adams family can't participate but can give him items. Maybe they're watching everybody else's house while the aliens are oh, uh, they're running house them up. sitting. Yeah, they're house sitting for the for everybody who's been kidnapped. Maybe. I thought that they were very antisocial, but I guess like it all makes sense. Yeah. And I guess like, you know, at the end of the day, does it matter who you're playing as when it it doesn't feel like unique to that character either? Like this gun thing doesn't feel exclusive to uh to uncle fester i don't you know i don't know if that's true or not but it just doesn't feel like i'm really playing as uncle fester you know like like if you gave wednesday the gun it'd be the same thing right to me going back to the gun thing for a minute uh, because i know there's two things we want to talk about gun level one all the way up to gun level eight it is a little confusing joe that they just like choose different kinds of attack power powers that or sprays rather that aren't particularly helpful, but you can tell that they're doing more damage Then you have to change to that. And it is kind of revealing that the final gun level eight is just a straight line. So <laughs> they, it feels like they kind of revealed their, that they knew that that was the best thing to do just to have a gun that shoots in a straight line. Like if the final form was some kind of, you know, three, three way spray, then maybe it'd be like, Oh, this is great. And also covers a lot of um, advantages, but it doesn't do that here. However, both of you have mentioned something that is a big problem with the game, and that is because whether you're in the neighborhood or in the sewers, you're going to want to use your gun, and you're going to be in somewhat, most of the time, tight corners. And any wall in this game immediately stops your, um, your bullets from progressing any further from where they are. And so if you're you know, running into a hedge or you're running, uh, you know, up against these sewer walls. When you shoot these curved weapons, these ones that purposefully rotate and such, 
it makes them so much less powerful because they uh, they arc in a way that immediately just disintegrates them. That it's not helpful to the player at all and makes you want just it's, only the weapons that shoot in a straight line. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's a cardinal sin. And the fact that like 80% of the time that you try to shoot a gun, depending on what level your gun is at, you cannot use it. It it it's it's beyond the pale. Yeah. And to to really paint the picture for anyone who hasn't played the game, you know, imagine having a gun that fires out and it fires at like an S formation over and over, you know, it just wiggles that way towards, you know, towards its destination. But now imagine you're walking parallel to a wall. So you just you fire the gun and your bullet just immediately goes diagonally directly into the wall that's next to you. That's what happens for like half of this game. Anytime you're you're in a hallway, which is like half of the game, or like near a a wall and there's something in front of you, you almost you can't hit it until it gets between you and that wall basically because you you just fire in the weirdest most unorthodox, unhelpful direction. It's like the it's like the actual rifle part of your gun is curved like in a cartoon and only shoots to the side of you. It's <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah, and like that's not the only you know like th- that goes away if you get more power ups. But like the other ones, well, I don't think any of them are as bad as that. They're also sometimes not like the best. Yeah, and oddly enough, in my you know just short research for this game. It turns out that the whole, like, when you shoot, it, you know, hits a wall, and then it just, like, that's it, that's the end of the bullet. That's not true for the European release of this game, and that's just a bug in the North Mm. American version of this game. Now, we are playing every game released in North America, so this is absolutely true for us, but it's weird to think that, you know, I'm not saying it makes the whole game so much better or anything, right? But it's weird to think that, you know, just across the pond, these guys wouldn't know understand what we were talking about right now uh, with the bullets because they wouldn't have ever experienced that because they would have fixed the bug in it in the other market. You know, it's like why not just how how do you miss something like that, something so large like that if it was unintended? Yeah, and and then to not like realize during playtesting that this is happening and that maybe this wasn't intended. Like, it, it makes me feel like it was intended, and then they were just like, oh, we're going to put them into these little tiny areas <laughs> just so that they're going to get really angry at the game, um, and that that was intentional. Uh, and then, like, oh, wow, people didn't really like uh, the way that our guns flew into the wall immediately, so I guess <laughs> we should change that. Yeah, well, you know, and, and it flying into the wall, I don't think was the only thing that made it feel like it was an accident, though, because the other... It seems like the the point of this of this particular shot is to like cover more ground. So it's like, oh, there's a whole cluster of enemies coming at you, so you can like you might hit a bunch of them or whatever. But it all the, the bullet also stops when it hits one enemy. So even if you do hit one enemy, it's you still would have been better off with just a straight shot because the whole point of a in any other game, the whole point of a a firearm that that spreads out like that i mean is well i guess one is that maybe you just don't have to be as accurate but two that you can hit more things at once (laughs) and this doesn't this still prevents you from doing that
the top-down portion of the game is where you go through the neighborhood and the sewers, but there is a 3D, you know, maze dungeon crawl style um, aspect to this game as well, where you don't see Fester. It's a first-person kind of view. Uh, it's very similar to uh, other first-person views that we've seen on the NES where they're not able to give too much detail. They're really just able to show us the walls. And I feel like maybe in this one they added like some kind of ceiling light fixtures, even though they're not lit up or anything. <laughs> um, there's like these little like circle things above, and I always thought, like, hmm, why, why aren't those turned on? Or are they? And that's why we can see. I don't know. Forget it. The <laughs> The point is that um, in this, you know, in this navigation of just looking at walls and the only difference really being some walls are completely gray. Some walls are like gray and, and another color below them to add like some definition or leading lines to them. How, how did that aspect of discovery go down for you guys? Are those, are those short enough that it didn't become too big of an issue? Is this just the kind of thing that you just try to <laughs> brute force your way through so that you just like find the door at the other end? I like that both of your example answers here neither of them were positive it's just like <laughs> is this either something that like you hate or that you just sort of dealt with and it's true because like the in, in any situation where there's a 3d part to the game like in, in the nes games that we played so far it it's 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 not great like the i think the only thing that um in in these games is selling it to people is that it, it's a it's a novelty and and now that we sort of know what what can be done, even with a little bit more detail, um, like it, it's just like why not have anything to do in these other than to navigate the maze? Um, without any of that, it it just becomes more tedious. Uh, if there were if there were enemies to do stuff with, and and the and the, maybe the the combat wasn't quite as shoot into the wall as it is in the top down. I could sort of justify them being here, but because like there's literally no detail on any of the walls, just some stuff, some different colors to tell you like uh, you're looking straight at the wall. Yes, that's correct. Um, it, it it just sort of took up time, and that's all I saw this as. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I agree that when we see this in a game, it's generally not great on the NES. Um, I'll say that as far as I think as as far as other games that we've seen do this, this did a better job of like not making me like immediately lose my bearings. I don't know if it's because it it populates much faster than other games. I mean, I know we had one game and I can't remember what it was where we had like a compass and that was very helpful. In this game, there is no compass, but I never felt like I got like super lo like oh okay everything looks the same, so I have no idea where I am. Um, that didn't happen to me, which is weird because it is true that everything looks the same. It felt like and I. I, I, maybe I'm misremembering the other games, but it felt like each screen populated much faster. And the problem that I was having is that the the walls are all bright white, and in order for the next screen to pop populate, it has to blink to black and then back to white real quick, which just leads me. I mean, I don't know if it bothered anyone else, but it was just it's just the whole time you're playing through these parts, it's just flashing lights in your face, <laughs> like like it's like seizure inducing. Yeah, and that's also part of, like, they're actually doing the opposite of what I need, because I did get kind of lost in these. It's doing the opposite of what I would need to make it not that. Like, instead of flashing to black and then back to, 
the new direction that you're facing. This just needs one little interstitial frame where it shows like a 45 degree angle of like when you're turning. Mm. So like, it, it needs that so that I can at least like still have a point of reference to where I was th- five seconds ago. And none of these games have that yet, like all these 3D ones. Um, so until they figure that out, maybe it's not possible. I don't know. But until they figure that out, I'm going to hate every single one of these. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if I can't remember again. I, I just obviously can't remember any other ones clearly enough. But I don't know if it's like a technical limitation, but but does it have to cut to black before it goes to the next screen in these? Like, can it just go to the next screen? <laughs> Well, that was my question, Joe. Maybe it's yeah, rendering, I agree. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably a rendering issue, you know, where you have to um, figure, you know, like, it, it, that isn't a easy thing for them to program, obviously, if it's, like, right. this bare bones that we're getting. You know, if we're getting, like, super stylized, top-down stuff, and then it's, all of a sudden it's like, I hope you like walls. Like, that's, that's the best <laughs> we can give you right here, you know? You know, like, hope you can understand what we're going for. I, I do <laughs> wonder about that, but we've we have never had... Uh, you know, as Sean was mentioning, we've never had a game where when you turn, uh, you know, granted, I don't I don't know if it was like faster to react or whatever, but we've never had a game that showed any kind of turning or any kind of like, here's where you were, you know, like context for where you were previously. You have to keep the context in mind based on the buttons you pressed on the D-pad. And I know that sounds strange, right? It's like, well, that's what it's supposed to do, right, Mike? It's like, I don't know. Cameras are supposed to be a little better to helping the brain fill in the pieces and that's what I'm missing and that's what helps with getting getting lost in here is that it's not like how you would explore a maze that's the problem with all these like early dungeon crawlers is that it's not how we think of our, our eyes in real life so when it doesn't work that way it's like the game the game makes it so much stranger to traverse it feels very foreign that's a great that's another great phrase uh <laughs> I, for, I, I already forgot what the words were, but it was like, that's we, that's why not, I say them so fast. <laughs> it's not how we make our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how we expect our, it's not what we expect our eyes to feel like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I usually close my eyes during each step and then I open my eyes real quick just to see where I am and then I close them again for the next step <laughs> to avoid motion. Just these little sickness. snapshots. Yeah. Have I got a video game for you? Yeah. <laughs> I also like in the manual that it has um, in the how to play section, the first thing they want you to know is that there's three uh, three types of views uh, for the top-down levels, and they won't show you one of them, which I think is funny. Uh, <laughs> they just, they'll, they'll list them out. But then it's just like, I know they didn't mean it like this, but the way that it's put is just, there is also a 3D hallway view. Like, it's just, it feels like, they're you know like revealing that as like some kind of secret or like little thing that they've like built into the game but it winds up becoming like one of the most annoying parts of the game so it's like maybe explain a little more what what do we how do we act in a 3d hallway assuming i've never seen one before sunsoft like maybe you know like this is if this is brand new technology that's pretty cool and is simulating 3d there should be like a half a page in the manual for that kind of thing i i mean yeah it, I, I guess we've seen it enough times that, and no, it's it's only been a handful of times, but it's not entirely new. So maybe they they were just like, you get it, you live in 3D, you've gone down hallways, this is what it's like. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know.
Yeah, well, on that note, I guess I'm glad that they didn't make it any more complicated than just walking through these halls to find what I can only describe as just some of the most horrific bosses I've ever seen on the NES. And we've seen some colorful stuff, but these guys, they're pretty scary-looking bosses for a game that otherwise has, like, cute, cartoony enemies and, and characters that we know and love. These bosses definitely did never appeared in the Adams Family TV show. <laughs> Some of them look like they're straight from hell, like they came from Doom, which I, I make that reference, obviously, because of the 3D hallways. But to then switch to, like, this completely black screen where it's just you and the devil, <laughs> and you have to you have to just shoot them from a distance. Don't Don't even try getting up close to them, but you have to, like, shoot at them in... I guess you could say it's like a shmup at that point, right? Like you're dodging their attacks and you're shooting. Yeah, it even uh, looks yours. like you're in space because you're just on a black background. They, they get rid of any con context to where you are, which which is on one hand kind of uh, kind of like lackluster, but on the other hand, actually kind of like feels kind of epic. I, I don't know if I was just filling that in, but no, I think I, I think it did feel because these these enemy these boss designs are so detailed. I think maybe they did that just because of that, like that uh, the the bosses are they have so much going on with animation and stuff that um, they did they should they couldn't have a background or they'd be like flickering or something. Um, but I also do think that it adds to it in terms of a like thematic way, like the. The, like in at the end of Final Fantasy VII, where it's just you and Sephiroth on a black background, and it's sort of like I know it's not exactly what they were going for, but it kind of feels that way. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, uh, you know, I stand by that this game is aesthetically very nicely designed. Outside of the hallways. Outside of the yes, outside of the three D hallways. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about one boss in particular. I know we're calling them bosses, but they are like they are bosses for all. Yeah, they're the bosses. Purposes. The um, the like worm. It, it has it has like a worm like head. It has one eye. It's it's wearing like a jumpsuit or a tracksuit. It's a riddle. And it has a and it has a gun pointed directly at you. Like just always always pointed at you. Something about that creature, which I guess is like half chicken, half yeah, the chicken one worm yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that thing is very spooky. This is just like a funny weird thing in this in this game though when you consider uncle fester it reminds me of super mario rpg on the super nintendo how like that whole game aesthetically everything fits everything works it's this cute like claymation style uh, approach to the design but there's a secret boss that can only be described as like a final fantasy style godlike character <laughs> and then you have mario just jumping on his head you know like as as, <laughs> as how he deals damage and it's like kind of the same thing with fester here like i don't know these guys belong in contra not in uncle fester's quest no i, I that was the standout for me as well was the 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 hunched over chicken gun wielder um i think that that it, 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 I, that's going to be like a timeless enemy design for me, and I probably <laughs> will never play this game again. So, <laughs> yeah, there's another one that is like this dinosaur one. I think it's after the chicken thing, and he's got like a long, he's got like a long neck, but like no head. Like his neck just like culminates in an eyeball. And like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like very, yeah. It, like like they put a lot of interesting and unsettling design into this. Just surprising. But yeah, I think that one stood out to me even more so than the chicken. They didn't need the UFO thing 
to 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 have these enemy designs in there. Like it's again, it's already like sort of a comedy horror series. And speaking of that, like there's really not much comedy in this game aside from the idea of buying hot dogs uh, during an alien invasion, <laughs> and maybe the uh, the noose uh, the, the the noose item like. Uh, before destroying all the enemies on the screen, like that guy just shows up and just says, you rang. And <laughs> th- this is no, it's not very Adam's family in either way. I- I'm getting off topic here, but. No, you're actually on topic because I think uh, the next thing I was going to talk about anyway was meeting the rest of the family. It- it's true that meeting the family is like the relief point in this game where you almost have to like center yourself and realize like, oh yeah, this is an Adam's family game. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that's what I'm doing here. Like uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to take down demons from hell. I'm not trying to, uh, you know. I am trying to rescue uh, the entire city from a bunch of aliens. But nevertheless, it's nice to meet the rest of the Adams family. But they're just included in such an uninteresting way that I feel like there there could have been a lot more to their inclusion. Not we don't need cutscenes. We don't need um we don't need them to become like playable characters as well or anything. But their inclusion in like either after a boss fight or something, like revealing like a clue on what to do next. Obviously, like the game's not complicated enough to require clues or something but if they made it that way it could have been i feel like the only way of seeing them by entering the house and like just being uh it's it's like a piece of paper that tells you what they've given you and and then you're just on your merry way again they, they could have done a little more than that because this is an adam's family game even if it's just supposed to be about fester and i i i don't feel like there's enough branding here other than the theme song uh from the show and the fact that they included the other characters in the game. Yeah, well, those other characters going going to those houses and getting those items are that's exactly those are the exact moments where I was like, oh, this was this might not have been intended to be an Adams Family game. Like that's what made me <laughs> think that because it feels so shoehorned in. I mean, it's not even like the same style. Like you said, it's just this it's just this image of them comes up full screen. <laughs> just this like image of like this giant pixel art of that character comes up and says like. They don't even have dialogue. It just says, this person gave you this. It just feels like they were like, oh, yeah, this is somewhere we can make it Adam's Family related. You don't Whether remember that episode? Yeah. You don't remember that episode of uh, of Adam's Family where Wednesday <laughs> gives pr- somebody vice grips? Yeah, is, is there a narrator in Adam's Family that just narrates what everybody does and we just see <laughs> images of them? Wednesday's vice grips. <laughs> what do the vice grips do again? They, like, make you... They make you fast, fast again, again after you get... I think it's like a permanent status when you get stung by a by, by like a, a bug enemy or get licked by the frog people that you are just half, half speed. And it makes the game, again, unplayable. <laughs> so what's the implication there? Like that the vice grip... Like do you... I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand. Have the... the the next the time I bug. get a bug bite, I will yeah. apply a vice grip to my finger or whatever and see what happens. Yeah, like I wanted to say like the bug makes your muscles tense up and the vice grip wouldn't loosen them. It would make them even tighter. So like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Trying to come up with some story to, to <laughs> bail the Adams Family Fester's quest out of this pickle they've gotten themselves into. <laughs> well, they also just ran out of characters in general and wind up using Thing three times. Uh, you run into <laughs> the, the Thing. Wait, so so Thing is the hand, right? Yes. Now, who's the long-haired dude? Like, the, the thing that's just hair? Oh. I thought that was Thing. Yeah, maybe that is Thing. I always thought Thing was the hand. I mean, maybe it is. And, and I think it out. seems to be, 
by the way that the game dis- describes it. But I always thought that the hair thing was the thing. <laughs> uh, that's Cousin It. Oh, Cousin <laughs> It. All right. Yeah, people are probably shouting at the podcast right now like, you idiot. He has an IQ of 320, so surely he would have remembered himself. And is often attired in bowler hat and round sunglasses. Absolutely. I, I didn't make a grammatical mistake. Wikipedia did. It says often attired in bowler hat. <laughs> Should be a bowler hat. <laughs> it's not a Mikeism. That's a Wikipediaism. Who wrote the Wikipedia page, though? That was Mike. I did. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't like to go backwards in segments, but there was a thought I had regarding those 3D mazes and why they had to do the Black Flash. That might have maybe giving them just the benefit of the doubt here. And uh, saying, like, oh, maybe it isn't a rendering thing, but it was the only way, because of the way that they themselves designed the game, it was the only way to portray movement in the straight line sections. Not necessarily in the turns, but in the se- in the moments where you're going down hallways. Because all of the wall is exactly the same, that, that would be the only way to show that you had moved nope. forward is to... Okay, yeah, tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, not why you're wrong. They may have thought that, but in the, in in five seconds, I can think of a, a, a of a fix for that, and that is just like you know those little lights that are on the ceiling. Just have those alternate. Problem solved. But right, 100%. I think I think I, you're I right that maybe that's what they were doing. Yeah, but you came up with a better solution. While I was telling you the problem, <laughs> you should have worked on Sunsoft. You're right. I should have. So you're probably going to die at some point in this game or in life. Uh, I feel like everybody <laughs> just needs to hear that. Yeah. But in, in Fester's Quest, you only get one life, but you have infinite continues. Yet the continue feature works in a very strange way where even if you do make it all the way to the UFO ship, if you die there, when you go to continue, you start back at the beginning of the game. And I... Uh, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I lost all my progress? No, you didn't lose all your progress. But when you were you know, on your way throughout this quest, whenever you beat a boss, that was how you replenished all of your consumable items and, and you know, like whatever else, right? Like at the end, they would boost your health again and what have you. So that those bosses are gone now. That was the way. To, to kind of like, you know, restore some some sense of like, you know, health and all that throughout the game. Here, now you just have to try to run through the gauntlet again of making it all the way back to the UFO ship without dying and being transported back to the beginning yet again. So you are at like a disadvantage depending on where you die in this game uh, and how far along you die into this game. Is this a roguelike? <laughs> In a weird, weird sense, still no. (laughs) (laughs) If they would have included the bosses back, no, I know. Also, it's not randomized, right? Right. You know, it's like, but it would be funny if like the bosses also came back to life because then you do have to wonder, well, what progress did I make? If (laughs) if they put me back at the beginning of the game, you've got a really nice gun now. Yeah, 
I just thought that was a weird choice for dying. They could have at least remembered what part of the sewers you had most recently come out of or which house you had exited, right? You haven't you haven't shut off the console, right? Because once you do that, then you do lose all progress. I so would say technically, so. it knows some it knows something about what you've done and where you've been. So why is the respawn point the very beginning? For challenge, Mike. <laughs> or they could have just included a password system, right? And a password system that was mediocre at best, too. It didn't even have to, like, remember how many keys you have and everything, although that would probably lead to... No, it wouldn't lead to any kind of soft locking because nothing is uh, missable. So they could have easily designed a password system for this, and they chose not to do that either. So really, Fester's Quest is a, you know a game best played with save states, but really, if you were playing back then, it's a one-sitting game. I suppose so, yeah. I guess, like, one one other, like, bright spot in this game is uh, is the soundtrack. Uh, there, there isn't really too many tracks, but the ones that do exist are, are, pretty, are pretty jamming, I would say. And and Joe, maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but for some reason, like the the song that plays most of the, of the time, like on the Overworld, it reminded me very much of like the flashback sequence battle music, uh, like when you're playing as like Laguna in Final Fantasy VIII. And I know that oh, might sound crazy. Yes, I hear. It. I'm listening to it right now. The man with the machine gun by Nobuo yeah, Uematsu. Exactly. <laughs> I hear it. And and that just also speaks to how this does not feel like it has anything to do with Adam's family. It's just a really upbeat, awesome battle track. Um, but yeah, music's pretty good. Yeah, I liked the music a lot. It was like you said, it was it was jamming. It felt it felt intense and, and and exciting. And do you know what it made me think every time I heard a new track? What? It made me think that this game was not originally intended to be an Adams family game. <laughs> exactly. Which might not be true, but I just want I just I just want to know because I it it just nothing about it uh reminds me of the Adams family, a show that I never watched. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm dying on this hill. I have no idea. No, I agree. Nothing else about it. <laughs> a show that you never watched is a funny point, though, because we also... Ne- no, but we never participated in DuckTales, but, like, it leaks into your life in little ways, and you have expectations. We did think it was weird that you played as Scrooge McDuck instead of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, but we didn't, like, refute it at the end of the day. We're like, oh, it's fine. He's a character in the show. Like, we knew enough, <laughs> you know? Here with the Adams Family, I'm so angry that Fester's the character. I just... <laughs> I, I, it's the marketing side of me that, that's really upset. I, the fact that they chose Fester as the most relatable thing to their age 6 to 11 demographic <laughs> that they were hitting on the NES at that time. And this is a 1989 and Adam's family is what, like the 60s? Oh, yeah. Did anyone I don't even know. care? What's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand right. that either. The movie isn't like, it, you know, maybe it was like announced that they were going to make one, but that's not till 1991, I think. Maybe wow. this triggered the movie. Maybe they were trying to capitalize on the success of Fester's Quest on the NES. It like, sold so now. well. Yeah. On the sequels and spinoff side, uh, we have a few games here to talk about. First is Adam's Family. Uh, they got the memo. They said, no more Fester. 
Uh, let's make the whole family have their own game. And it is a 1992 platformer on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis that is based on the 1991 movie. So um, all the characters look like the updated version of the Adams Family that uh, most people are probably familiar with and not the um, original TV show. After that, though, we get back to the NES. Can you believe that? Finally, a sequels and spinoffs that has a game on a Super Nintendo, and then they're like, well, you know what, though? That one's too advanced. We can't make that one on the NES, but let's make the next one, the Adams Family Pugly's Scavenger Hunt. Now, see, you could see why they said that that's great for the NES, because it's a game where you just play as, presumably based on the title, one character from the Adams Family. They couldn't handle having all of the family at once on the NES. So at least we will it's age-appropriate. Right, right. We will play uh, that game in 1993, um, which has already happened. But when we get to 1993 on the show, (laughs) we will play the Adams Family Pugly's Scavenger Hunt. And it is not based on the movie. It is not based on the original TV show. It's based on the second animated series. Oh, okay. Which has also already happened. Yeah, all of it's all happened. Whoa. Huh. Adam's Family Values is a 1995 Super Nintendo Genesis action RPG based on the film of the same name, the sequel to Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values. How do you say that? Adam's Family Values? I'd say Adam's Family Values, yeah. I like that. But you kind of want to just say Adam's Family colon values. No, 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 no. No, because the, the play, the play on the title, the play on the words is the fact that you say it that way. Oh, yeah, no, of course, but I'm saying, like, you also, you know, your brain wants to say the Adams family. No, your brain. You know, the Adams family, <laughs> like, you know, you don't say, like, the Adams family values. Yeah, but you, that, that's just your brain. <laughs> okay, great. It's just me. In fact, if it wasn't me, write it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the new Adams family series is an adventure video game released for the Game Boy Color in 2001. Based on the TV series. How many TV series did they make in the 90s about the Addams Family? <laughs> so uh, the new Addams Family series apparently was the TV series as well. So then they said that's a that's a Game Boy game if I've ever seen one. So it came out in the Game Boy Color. You control both Pugsley and Wednesday and navigate the house, collect items, solve puzzles. Sounds like I'm reading the back of a box <laughs> and not really anything informative to anybody. So uh, sorry about that, but... Just, I'm amazed that in the sequels and spinoff section, which takes place entirely in the 90s, I've managed to list four different series of the Addams Family after this game was made based on only something from the 60s. So Fester's Quest really brought uh, the Addams Family back to life long before the movie ever did. I want to say that that's just a uh, a coinky dink, uh, and that the movie the movie really did do it. The, the movie was so good that it brought about a second Adams Family renaissance of the 90s <laughs> that somehow we all missed, even though we're, we are otherwise pretty good with 90s culture. Um, but, I mean, that's just another thing that I will never truly understand. You know what would really put Adams Family back on the map? Uh, an expanded universe? Making open it world game. <laughs> no, making it an essential game on the essential games list. All right, Sean, the fate of the Adams Family cinematic universe is on your shoulders. Uh, yeah, there, there's 
may, maybe my opinion of this game would be forever altered by uh, a patch, like the NES patch, uh, to make it so that projectiles don't coll- collide with walls. But I don't think that's going to be enough. Um, I think uh, there's there's too much weird stuff going on here um, that tell me that this is, again, more just an oddity uh, with really good music. Because aside from that, the game is not essential. I, I mean, I keep talking. I kept talking about the presentation. I think that it's it does a very good job. Uh, like the sprite work and the just the art in general is great, and it looks it looks advanced, and the music is great. And I think really a lot about this game is essential, except for the fact that it's no fun at all. <laughs> like like. It, like everything else is like when I first looked at this game, I was like, oh, I bet this is I bet I'm going to love this game. Like this looks awesome. It's not awesome. It, it, I, I really kind of don't like it at all, which is just I guess that it goes to show you don't judge a book by its cover. It's not essential. Um, I would say that even I mean, definitely, even if they fixed the projectiles hitting the walls, I would not vote this essential because I think there's just too many other things that are just lackluster or or even just not fun. And even if they fixed, oh, okay, thank you. I didn't yes. know you were over. Yeah, now you know. <laughs> now I do know. I'm also I'm gonna, done. I'm say, I, I'm yeah, gonna, the, okay. Oh, Sean, you're done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> okay, that's uh, good. I thought I was interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my interrupting voice. <laughs> even if they fixed the gun bug for the North American release, even if they remove the whole 3D maze thing that is never interesting in these games, even if they, you know, even if Joe's right, and this isn't an Adam's Family game, right? If I remove all Adam's Family IP from it, uh, that would actually make the game even less good, to be honest. <laughs> so, you know, at this point, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you could fix all those things, and I'd still not be convinced that this belongs on the Essential Games list for, for so many reasons. And we talked about them on the show, but I think... This isn't also like this isn't one of those like worst NES games of all time either, uh, which is a list that I've seen uh, Fester's Quest on. But I've also seen games like Friday the 13th on there. And I thought that game was pretty cool, too. Like it turns out the actual worst games on the NES are just really boring games that nobody speaks about. Like we we played them and we can't even remember them anymore. Fester's Quest. Not necessarily a game I'm going to be like telling people like, oh, well, thank goodness you didn't play Fester's Quest. Like, it, it's fine if you played it. No harm, no foul, right? You probably, you probably, there's probably a lot of kids who had nostalgia for this, uh, you know, as we're recording this episode now saying like, hey, I, this was the game I owned. I played the shit out of this all the time because it was really long and I was always dying and I couldn't finish it in one sitting and I didn't understand why I was playing as Uncle Fester. So there's always a reason <laughs> for these things and what have you, but at the end of the day, it's not going to go on the essential games list for uh, for obvious reasons that we've all mentioned. Now, if you do want to play essential games, you should know that Sunsoft did make Master Blaster, which is an essential Blaster game. Blaster Master. Blaster Master. Math Blaster is a uh, (laughs) game on the computers, but I know I didn't say that either. I did say Master Blaster, which uh, was the original name for Master Chief. They wanted to call him Master Blaster, uh, and Bill Gates said no. Mr. Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) I'm riffing, and I can do that all day long because I have to. That's what you do when you're a podcast host. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm riffing because I have to. They They have me. They make me say all this stuff. Things that you don't want me to say, they make me say them, such as a lot of our content is locked behind our Patreon, 
They're making me say that. I don't want to do it that way, but they're making me say it. So Make I want you guys to know. money, give us money. Right. If you, want the, if you want access to those sweet additional episodes of Nostalgia known as Nostalgia Bites, where we play the Famicom library, you might be intrigued to know that the next game we're going to play is a game called Dig Dug. That's right, the arcade game. Now, you're checking your notes right now. You're like, oh, I'm sure that Dig Dug was an NES game. It wasn't. Never came out on the NES. So we have to play it. And the only way we know how, which is on the Famicom, with some Japanese. But don't worry. You don't need to know any Japanese. We don't need to know any Japanese. The Nostalgia Bites, the hook of the whole show is that you don't need to know any Japanese to play these Japanese games. A little strange, a little weird. Japanese, Japanese. I'm saying it all left and right. I like sushi. That's not the point. We're going to keep recording episodes with or without Nostalgia Bites. Next week, Hollywood Squares. No, we're not going to be on it. We're going to be playing the NES game uh, version of Hollywood Squares where, who knows, we'll do something fun. We did something fun for Jeopardy. We didn't do anything fun for Wheel of Fortune. So we kind of owe it up to ourselves and you guys to do something fun for Hollywood Squares. No one made me say that. (laughs) That's really suspicious, actually, now that you had to clarify Oh, Joe, I'm done, by the way. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going home. Bye.